I want to see what that dad bod can do out there. Not buying your banjos around the campfire. Shove them up your ass. It's football and it's other F words. And we're here to talk to you. It's me. It's Zach. And we have a special guest despite not letting him on the show and gladly bringing his producer on to just openly talk shit about the man. Buck Rising is here. And uh, he has a little, you know, little radio show. It's it's not very well known, but it's out there. You know, it's a little, uh, little indie album. Would you call it that, Buck? And I start with the first F word. Fuck you both for bringing <laughs> Lucas on here without me to talk shit about me. You know that he's publicly and privately trying to undermine me on a regular basis. So I'll start the bidding with the first F word. I'm sure it won't be the last one because we got mentor gate to discuss. Well, you did and you you made the cardinal sin and seated space in your side the studio on Friday and put Lucas inside the studio with you. That is a bad move on your part, my friend. Well, you know, it's ultimately in uh, in an effort to make my life easier, even if I have allowed him this small opening. I very much control his fate and his future, uh, despite what he believes. So it's all according to my grand plan. And, you know, so far it's working out swimmingly for me. My favorite part was when everybody realized for whatever reason up close that Lucas is a basically a giant boulder head on a, on a set of sticks. So I appreciate that you're going to allow me to talk shit about him since he came on here and talk shit about me. Uh, yes, he does have a giant head. It was for a while. His girlfriend was apparently a fan of his flowing Italian locks, but it made him look like he had a, a Lego piece that was stuck to his head. Now, maybe someday that will happen to me as well. And we've all been through the significant other who values, you know, facial hair or hair that we don't want or whatever the case may be but yeah he's uh, he's since cleaned himself up a little bit it, it, it helps if he doesn't look good on camera because you know i mean not that i'm any prize but any any little advantage that i can keep buck does not have a little known radio show and being an asshole it is a very well-known radio show and it is actually it's personally one of my favorites to listen to and that is why i'm going to open up with this it is not to pump you up and just make you walk away from this like all they did was sit here and uh, and bloviate about how great i am i gotta ask this question we're in off season. We're going to discuss some off, very off season topics in just a moment, but in all seriousness, how do you put together a show in a time when there's not a lot of NFL news, but stay away from the uh, clickbait style <clears throat> discussions that most media and a lot of local media can't stay away from. I mean, there's, there's finding topics to talk about, and then there's inventing topics to talk about. What's your line in the sand? And like, seriously, how do you get on the radio and think, I got to do this for three hours, but I don't want it to just sound like bullshit? Um, yeah, that's that's a, an actually interesting question, because, I mean, you know, I, I talk about all the things that that are getting cycled. Like we did the Aaron Rodgers thing. We did the A.J. Brown thing. We did Tannehill mentor gate thing, like all of those things. But, you know, instead of actively avoiding a topic that I know is going to, that is capturing people's attention right now. It's my job, I feel, and, you know, not to sound preachy or self-righteous or whatever, but like, it's my job to then provide the necessary context about if I, if I have direct knowledge of the situation, like I did with Rogers and the Titans or, you know, lack thereof, or AJ Brown and his request for a trade or Ryan Tannehill, 
and Malik Willis the whole way through. Like, it's my job to say, no, wait, you idiots. Like, stop. Just stop for a second, which gives me the opportunity to talk about it. But then I can direct the narrative the way that I want to direct it. So I don't ever have to avoid any of these things. But, you know, it's not a hard position for me um, to sit there and say, okay, yeah, X, Y, and Z is wrong with all of those things that are being discussed or being tweeted about or whatever, whatever is directing the course of conversation that day. Because largely all of it's bullshit between, you know, January and September, right? It's all, at least in the football world. Like there's other sports that are meaningful, but I mean, Preds don't do shit locally as far as where the numbers are. And it's really Titans, SEC, Vols number three, and everything else is just kind of by the wayside. So I can work with all of those different things, but then it's my prerogative to be able to provide the context that I think people need to have, which is shut up and pay attention to this. I'm not going to tell you how you should be thinking, but I'm going to provide you the context if you would like to broaden your train of thought. Uh, speaking of, uh, topics that were on your show last Thursday, I believe it was, uh, you had Corey Curtis on, you guys were talking about, uh, players that you would love to wake up to and slander every day. And you said it was obviously Marcus. Marcus was your number one. And I think you kind of let Mariota him, for yeah, Marcus Mariota. I mean, I, I mean, Marcus, we're on a first name basis and everything. Clearly. So, uh, <laughs> So I think he kind of went easy on him. I don't think he really went after him. So we're giving you time on this show, cuss words and all, go off on Marcus and slander the man. Well, it's not about slandering the man. It's about slandering the player. Well, like, I, mean, I, I think, no, it's there's a difference, right? Let me get for the same you reason. You know look, what I mean. I, no, player. I don't know what you mean, no, which is why in the don't. same way that fucking people don't know that you're talking about Marcus Mariota. When you say Marcus, it is my yeah. job, podcast professional, to give the audience the proper context. Jesus they know. Christ. Listen, this oh. is a Titans podcast. They know who Marcus is. If they, it could be Marcus Johnson for all you fucking know. I don't trust. I don't try. Yeah. We're Let, talking about people that actually played for the Titans, not, not these one-off losers that you all fell in love with last year that I kept telling you not to fall in love with. He tried. God bless him. He really did. Anyway, Marcus <laughs> Mariota on the field. Yeah. The slander, slander is, is warranted off the field. Of course, Marcus is a lovely guy. I root for his success um, professionally. I want to see him do well, well into the future. If, if that's physically possible for him. But as a player for the Titans, yeah, I think that I think that the ongoing love fest about what Marcus was, or more aptly, what Marcus wasn't, it's it's long past time for people to like let go of this ghost. And and we do this right with players who move on, and you think about what could have been because you bought a jersey. It'll happen with hell. It's happened with AJ for the better part. It'll happen of with Henry. Month. I'm sure. Yeah, it'll happen point. with Derrick Henry. Hell, it may happen with Ryan Tannehill, which is laugh out loud funny to think about after the last uh, four months or so. But yeah, uh, Marcus Mariota as a player was somebody who I intensely disliked watching, who I thought was, you know, I, I saw the heights that he got to in his second year as an athlete and as a quarterback. And I thought, yeah, sure, there's promise. And then that third year just completely fell out from under him. And by the fourth, we were just dragging along a, a, a corpse, basically, um, at the quarterback position before they finally made the made the switch. And it took Tannehill not that long to kind of rectify the wrongs with all of the different parts and pieces that that front office and that coaching staff had done to put around the quarterback that they were looking to give an opportunity to succeed. So you can slander the player that he was 
um, and still think highly of him as a person. So no, I don't need cuss words to do that. I'm saving all of my cuss words for you today. That's pathetic. You coward. (laughs) You fucking coward. That's basically everything you said on the radio. This is a place where you could just freely admit. I just did. Were you not listening? I mean, you could have thrown in a couple of losers and a couple of jabs and, you know, lame armed bitch or something like that. I I literally opened the show by asking him, how does he legitimately prepare a radio show without hyperbole and clickbait shit? He gave you an honest answer. I I just think think there's a little more honesty behind the curtain. There's a little bit more honesty back there. I just gave you my honesty. What you just tried to do to me is you just tried to Jared Stillman me, and I will not (laughs) have that shit around here. You will not mentor gate me. You will not Ryan Tannehill me today. I gave you my honest opinion. If it's not honest enough or too honest for you, you can sit on it and spin. (laughs) All right, so walking that thin line, Traylon Burks leaving OTAs, Is that worth discussing? I said on the podcast last week that he left minicamp once. It's not worth discussing, but he's now left twice. Is that worth discussing or is it still clickbait? You're making a big deal out of nothing. No, I think, I think once you start to, and again, we don't know what happened on Monday. We're taping this on a Tuesday uh, evening. Mm -hmm. Um, They had two practices in this week of OTAs. Monday was closed to the media. Tuesday, we were able to go out and watch. Um, So, you know, we don't know what specific plan that Todd Torricelli, who's the head trainer there, and Mike Vrabel and John Robinson and whomever else is involved with his strength and conditioning, whether it's Frank Perino or on down the line, what plan they've developed for him. And Mike won't tell us shit, right? He's asked about, we, we saw the inhaler the, the first day of rookie minicamp. No, nothing on the inhaler. We asked him about, you know, is he dealing with allergies? Is there some kind of respiratory thing that would be totally reasonable to explain why he's in and out of the facility. And it wasn't like drastic today, but yeah, a couple of times he went in and out of the facility, warmed up, went through open field tackling drills, went in for a little bit, came back out for individual drills. Now, nobody else is doing this and it's notable because he's the first round pick and he's playing a position of massive need and they need him to be an instant impact player right out of the gate. Although it seems like Robert Woods is going to be further along than I think any of us anticipated. Um, The Traylon Burks thing, yeah, it's going to, it's not like freak out, but yeah, you can monitor it and he can continue to get in shape because they don't play football until September. Now, if it ends up being something more serious, we'll have time for that. But three or I guess four technically, um, really two only, really only two opportunities to look at him, Traylon Burks and having, you know, not had the opportunity to speak to him. That's a Titans PR thing. And really, a John Robinson thing because he has the final say on who's going to be made available to the media and who's not going to be made to the veil uh, made available to the media. If Mike Vrabel doesn't want to even get into allergy conversations with us, then I don't know what we're supposed to do. It's just going to fester. And Mike knows this. He just doesn't give a shit. Is, is that frustrating? Like, cause uh, you had a caller call in and ask you about Burks and you don't really have anything you can give them. Is that pretty frustrating for you to have to field all these injury questions? I know the Malcolm Butler, when is he coming off IR? No, got frustrating, but it was hilarious. Traylon Burks is a is a walk in the park compared to but fucking just Malcolm all, Butler and Dory Jackson. Just a culmination of all these injuries and the lack of people giving you guys information. Is that pretty frustrating for you? Because that's frustrating, I think, for fans. Oh, sure. Um, now I think most of us are kind of like, you know, we're dead we're, inside. 
<laughs> Again, uh, dramatic. We are probably numb to it because it's five years now of Mike Vrabel not telling us shit. And we know that Mike's not going to tell us shit. And we're going to still ask him from time to time, but he's not going to tell us shit. Like it's whatever. Then it's incumbent upon us to go about the reporting outside of the easy thing, which is to ask Mike Vrabel at a press conference. Now, <laughs> respiratory stuff is more, to, if it even, and I, I don't know that it's respiratory stuff, right? That's the thing. Like, it doesn't seem to bother Mike to have this continue to be a talking point when it need not be. And, you know, I mean, to, to his credit, he's largely not wrong about this shit. Like, maybe it ends up being a part of the news cycle for a couple of days. I'm going to talk about it uh, Wednesday on the radio show for a, a, a bit, and, uh, and I'll expand as far as I'm able to based on the conversations that I've been able to have between, you know, 522 on a Tuesday and 10 a.m. On Wednesday morning, but yeah, I mean, sure it, you, you, I think honestly though, it does help a little bit to, to learn how to say, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, just, I mean, truthfully, like just to say, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know as much as you do, maybe I know a little more than you do, but not all that much more. Cause I, I, I think that there is a tendency to feel the need to answer every question um, when it comes to people who are responsible or who get asked these kind of things. And I think that it is a good reminder to say, yeah, that at a certain point, there's only so much that we know, but it's my job to find out as much as I humanly, as humanly possible for me to. The, um, the whole situation with Burks, you know, if he practiced, you know, obviously by the, what Vrabel said, there, he's on some kind of plan. So by design, he was taken out at those times, kind of is what Vrabel alluded to in coach speak. Well, I mean, he said no limitations, so I... There, there I, is another line in there about uh, that there was a line after the one about that John Glennon put out. There was another line kind of mixed in there about being on a regiment or being uh, on the plan or something, something similar right. to those words. Well, and that was something that I asked him after rookie minicamp. I was like, Mike, is, is it you know normal for this to kind of be a thing? And that, that was after only one instance of it. And he went on to say, yeah, you know, it's, it's normal for guys to have their own conditioning plans and for them yeah. to come here and it be completely different. I don't know what that, I don't know if this is that, but he, he, he kind of led us down that path. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, if on Monday he practiced in full and that was the plan. And on Tuesday, the plan was to get him out on, you know, these two times, what poor planning by the Titans that would be to do that on media day. But that also goes to show you that just Mike Frabel just doesn't give a shit. It's his plan or their plan that they think it works best for the team, regardless of if there's going to be eyes on the media and whatever the media is going to conjure up. I, I don't know what, what the situation was for Monday. Um, other than Yeah. Right. We, we, we don't know. I'm just saying if it was sure. Um, but I do, th I do think that there's a, you know, I do think that that's kind of, kind of again towing the line like we talked about we have no idea what happened right. Monday and other and but it creates to to further exacerbate that Tuesday allowing for further speculation and for people to look for things that may or may not exist I think honestly it's what's created this Titans dark web bullshit that you guys are dragging me through every offseason at this point and I think Mike is at the core of it he's the shaman with the buffalo mask and the painted face running around in his underwear now you said now, John Oh, go, go on, Lebowski. I was just going to say, if, if if you're going to say you guys, you can't give Zach hell for saying the people. You know as much as anybody, we are not you guys. We, uh, we'd simply argue with 
and propagate some of the bullshit that's around on Twitter. We don't usually create it. Uh, Zach, I would I would argue to the contrary. I'm still receiving <laughs> I, I'm still receiving tweets about uh oh who's my guy? God Sean damn, Mannion. Sean, Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion. I'm still getting tweets about Sean. He's Mannion. a cult that's hero big. here in Nashville. That Sean Mannion guy. Almost six years ago. So don't <laughs> tell me you guys is too is offensive to you. It's much different than preaching. I've grown up Buck. from his pulpit. You people, the people, the people. Like he's holding court, holding court with his people. No, the millions and millions that listen to your show, Buck, the people. Buck, we are beyond that. Anthony Ferguson for Pro Bowl, but I want to ask this. So uh, today, again, the twenty fourth, like you said, Tuesday, uh, Tannehill just walked outside and threw a uh, mentor gate off Hell in a Cell right through the announcers' table. So, I mean, in all seriousness, I'm really glad he gave this press conference. And it just, it really just makes the situation look as silly as I and we thought it was right from the beginning that it, let's talk about the mentor thing first, because people are just, I'm assuming looking at the mentor mentee comment piece as he doesn't want to be this guy's friend. He doesn't even want to associate with him, which if you want to become someone's mentor or, you know, mentee, that relationship is that's a mutual decided upon thing. And, and Tannehill said it best of like, he's had a lot of people in his life who have helped him. There's only a couple of people in his life that he would name as a mentor. I just, I don't know. I really like that. He walked out and said what he said. Um, and that the whole thing was blown out of proportion. I know you covered this, you know, extensively today on your radio show, but I mean, let's, let's hear it again. Are we off base? No, I think, you know, I mean, uh, shocking to no one that people don't discern or maybe not be fully familiar with the variations of the English language. Although we do do a segment where Lucas reads things from the Urban Dictionary to try and educate people, <laughs> the people, you the people, people. <laughs> the masses. So, that's right. The masses, the unwashed, huddled masses. Give me your poor, your tired, and your Tannehill takes. I'm here for them all. Um, with, with this whole, yeah, I mean, listen. Winning the press conferences is great. Tannehill and honestly, Malik has handled this so gracefully, like so gracefully yeah. throughout the course of this. And, you know, I thought it was a, I think it was Kaharski asked the question of Tannehill, you know, I mean, it's, you've had ample opportunity to, to say something on social media to, you know, to get on your platform and make commentary about this particular situation rather than let it fester. Same thing we're kind of talking about with the injury stuff, let it fester until today's press conference. And he goes, you know, honestly, like, I don't think that's I don't think that's beneficial, like to further exacerbate. I think I made the comparison today on the radio show of Nick Saban being in this pissing match with Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo gives an emergency press conference and like an hour later, Nick Saban's on Sirius XM talking about this shit again and just continuing to fuel it. It was I mean, it's lowest common denominator stuff. And, you know, for better or worse, uh, societally, that plays. <laughs> and there's always going to be an embattled quarterback who says something about the guy who may or may not be in the future coming in to take his job. And maybe it's a slow week in the NFL. And all of a sudden Diana Rossini is at rookie minicamp and you're looking around and like, Oh my God, Tannehill really is fucked. If ESPN is here for rookie minicamp <laughs> at this point, and it continues to cycle on. I mean, really from, from uh, on down, I mean, we're talking not just in the world of sports, but you're getting people who are commentating on leadership and think they have great insights and analysis. They would like to dissect, the Ryan Tannehill <laughs> honest moment with uh, with much importance when all it ends up being is just too honest for people who don't, not the people, but people 
who understand or who don't understand rather the, the dynamic of a professionally competitive environment, especially in the world of sports. We have competitive environments. My, my work, uh, my, my line of business is hugely competitive. What you guys do that makes your that actually cashes your check as opposed to the podcast, which of course you're sitting on millions and millions, millions. of podcast dollars. Um, the, you they're, they're just as valuable as those space apes. The NFTs. NFTs. <laughs> yeah. We, we are on. an NFT. <laughs> oh, that story is laugh out loud funny. It's almost <laughs> as good as the the sex craving uh, candy candy eating monkeys the last yes. time I think we did a podcast. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, people don't get it. And Tannehill gave him an honest comment. And it's probably the last honest comment outside of today where he just kind of was like, okay, let me get this shit off my chest and let's move on. And then immediately Glennon is in there. But the, how do you think people, uh, and it's not Johnny's fault, but like, do you, how, do you think people misinterpreted with their own definition of mentorship? And all of a sudden I'm having an NFL quarterback define mentorship for me in a way. Which he defined correctly, by the way. Yes, <laughs> which and was everybody amazing. else didn't. And it's yeah. not going to matter. And right. all I'm going to do is slam my head on the desk over and over and over again while I listen to this screaming into the ether. The, uh, I mean, it was, it was a great, it was just great answers by Tannehill all the way around. And yeah. I don't think that even if he would have had these answers or maybe a, a statement out on Twitter written in his little notes app and makes a screenshot or whatever, I really don't think Baker it would have mattered, special. right? I mean, wouldn't people then move to him and say, oh, you don't need to be telling us that. You need to be showing it on the field. You need to be showing Malik Willis. You need to be who, – who cares about a little note? That doesn't scream leadership because it's a lose-lose situation at that point. I mean, I think he did the right move. From a standpoint of what is good for him, I think matters, especially with what he said in the previous press conference about his mental health. And if he can put his head in, at night – knows that he are head in his pillow at night and sleep well, knowing that he did the right thing. And what he said, isn't a big deal. That's really all that matters. Who cares of what these people on Twitter think and anything. And I know that's maybe the wrong way to view this generation and this way of handling PR. But I mean, when you got people on the Grizzlies broadcast talking about it, it's jumped the shark at that point. Like at that point to me is like, okay, if you are talking about this for whatever reason on a Grizzlies broadcast and one of the most exciting playoff series that you got going on right now on the NBA, and this is what you choose to talk about, that's just, it's just ignorance, I, I feel like at that point. Ignorance, or I mean, it plays. Like, again, this stuff, this stuff plays. And well, it does, just because it's ignorant doesn't mean that it's not popular. Sure. I mean, look at Mike Florio. Mike Florio's yeah, entire existence is, I think you've just defined it, but ig yes. ignorant, but that's uh, still very popular. Yeah. So, like, to his credit, continue to make money, Mike. Um, especially with the stadium shit. I know you guys talked about oh. it on uh, Urine Braden's uh, streaming show. Unbelievable. The other day, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was very informative. Yeah. Uh, the whole, uh, the whole situation is, is, I mean, it's the least, it's the least attractive parts of media and it's, easy to understand why people get a bad taste in their mouth for people who feed on this because we all fed on the trough or at the trough of Ryan Tannehill versus Malik Willis Titans quarterback competition <laughs> coming up next you know it's just the whole that's what we do <laughs> well speaking we of popularity uh you said earlier that John Robinson has final say on who goes to the podium so why choose Amani Hooker who's just a nobody <laughs> what is he doing what <laughs> And do, you, do you like that, how he just he's got to club someone in the leg right before he finishes the question? Amani Hooker is a starting safety in the league. And it's well, not I'm just I, for for those that may have not seen PK's tweet, basically calling no offense, but here's some offensive stuff about Amani <sighs> Hooker, the player. 
Uh, I just was, I just thought it was pretty funny. I just you know what? I was, I was glad to see it. I think he's been getting, I think, I, what do they call it on, uh, on Outkick? The softening. I think he's been getting soft in the off season. He was, he was touring the Grand Canyon, I think, during free agency or some shit like that. So it's good that we got him back to basics and he's hate tweeting <laughs> about the fact that Amani Hooker would dare to take his time after the, after, a, after a full practice to speak to us buzzards because Bayard and Landry and Jeff and, you know, Christian Fulton or whomever else aren't there today. So, well, they're, they're all holding out for new contracts. Cause that's when people miss OTAs, that's what that means now. Oh, don't, don't think I didn't. I was standing next to Selman <laughs> for about 10 minutes today and he was telling me about Derrick Henry's soft holdout. So can't wait for this off season. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. I, um, you know, it, it's, it's funny to bring up that it, it you don't want to make a lot of nothing out of a topic that is very little there. But when I first woke up this morning, I was still going through the process of what are we going to talk about today on the podcast with Buck? You know, I mean, obviously I'm going to have to take some topics. Do we need to revisit things that have already happened and just, you know, where was the show going to go? Then Tannehill hands us this press conference. So as much as I want to gloat about, this was nothing to talk about from the beginning. I was damn happy to have this listening to that press conference, driving from one work facility to the other, almost said where I worked um, that I I was happy to hear it. Cause I was like, hell yes, we've got a bona fide topic to talk about. And it was good content. I mean, he he gave a damn good presser. Oh, sure. Listen, I mean, I I think I said it on, I think I said it Thursday night of the draft that I was rooting for the Titans to uh, for the Titans to draft a quarterback, like actively rooting for it. Cause why not? You know, I mean, it's like, while I acknowledge that a lot of this shit is stupid, I also know that it's it's engaging, that it's fun. And I I think, you know, we kind of get into this space. I think Karski and Rexroad and I were talking about this a while ago. I can't remember if it was on a if it was on the air somewhere or if it was um, you know, just in, in a general conversation about those of us who are good enough to do multiple things, we've kind of blurred the lines. Now that's not to say that, you know, the the three of us or whomever does multiple rights and podcasts and radio and all these different things that you're doing. That's not to say that, yeah, look at out, look at us, look how good we are, but it does blur the lines and the roles between, well, Paul and I specifically Rex Road's different Rex Road's a columnist and I'm probably leaning more. I mean, hell, all three of us are probably leaning more towards that these days, but like to be a true blue Jimmy Wyatt journalist is not to have an opinion. Like, you know, maybe you make a dad joke here and there about uh, Ferks down or something like that. That makes me want to jump across the press box and strangle him. But like, you're not supposed to have an opinion when in reality, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to do my reporting. I'm going to be at practice at 9 a.m. I'm going to come up with three hours worth of topics off of 20 minutes of football practice that I've been able to watch because I've got to be on the air at 10. I'm going to come up with those opinions. I'm going to write about it the way that I did directly after I got off the air today and turn it into an article slash column slash opinion piece. And then I'm going to do podcast and prime time after this on a similar opinion that maybe I've had an opportunity to think about a little longer than I did when we did it in the middle of the air and had to and had to kind of parse it out from there. So I, th- I think it's, you know, it's about as much the media environment that's been created where, you know, uh, let's just let's use let's use uh diana for example right she writes that newsletter and it's reporting but there's also little bits of opinion in there and you watch diana on television because she's got a good personality and she's got the content she's got the information and she knows how to deliver it 
in a way that is informative and entertaining and keeping your attention because bright, shiny things. Right. So it's all it's all kind of been mis, uh, mixed and matched together that kind of creates this echo chamber and this firestorm where every blue check mark has an opinion that is louder and bigger and better than yours. Because look at you without your check mark, you peasant. How 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 could you possibly think that your opinion was going to matter? And let me tell you all the reasons why you're wrong. Right. So that's kind of I think that's kind of uh, it's been that way for a while, but it's been getting worse day after day, it would seem. So would you rather have to do Jim Wyatt's mailbag each week or read your YouTube comments off the show with a straight face, smut spam porn and all? Um, probably because I do do a version of Jimmy Wyatt's mailbag. I do that on Instagram oh, that's right. for the for the Q&A on A to Z. And you think you think the shit that Jimmy gets gets is bad. I think Wyatt at least I think Wyatt at least has some kind of filter um, or some kind of vetting process that has to come through there because I'm telling you. Like the, the Instagram, the Instagram people are far worse than the people who are still taking the time to email Jimmy, you know, a well-constructed formatted email. And maybe there'll be some grammatical errors and we can poke fun at, or maybe he'll drive by somebody that makes it entertaining. So yeah, I stick my face into that buzzsaw every Tuesday. Um, YouTube, uh, the YouTube, now that I, now that they figured out the formula, cause I had them actively seeking the YouTube, uh, commenters on on the radio show it doesn't happen on primetime, ironically enough, even though that's a larger YouTube specific platform, really just a larger digital platform than what the zone is producing. Uh, they figured out that if they get to 30 likes, typically they get the porn spam. So now it's an active competition to get to 30 likes on the YouTube video so that they can get the porn spam. And probably some of them are subscribing to it. Now, honestly, I think there's a bigger issue because I think the porn spam is originating from Lucas's control board back there. Oh. So I'm curious as to know what he's looking up that would invite the porn spam on a, uh, on a work, uh, on a work platform, which is again, a method that I would use to keep my thumb on him as he tries to take my job. I've been watching a lot of Conan O'Brien remotes where he's interacting with his staff and stuff, which is always fantastic. And he's going backstage. I think you should uh, do a surprise remote inspection of Lucas's computer and see what you can find and film it for everybody. It's uh, it would be it would be worthy. Um, it certainly would be, especially because uh, especially if you heard some of the jokes that we were making when the unintentional jokes that we were making off the air today regarding uh, the Memorial Day best of that we were trying to figure out because I didn't initially know what Memorial Day was to signify. And then, of course, that would become hugely problematic if that was ever to make it on air. And thank you for your service. <laughs> the um, going forward. The contract negotiations and obviously that's a big thing because of Henry and everything and uh, I think it was Twitter user at Tim Owen 52 broke the news that you were involved in AJ Brown's contract negotiations with PK and Austin Stanley that's right and so Brable. what went wrong it wasn't your fault or is it PK's fault Austin's fault tell the people what really happened at the negotiating table with you three and AJ Brown's representatives well, um, Paul was on the negotiation table, and that's you know that's where you should blame, point all of your blame. I mean, at the, uh, hell, I think I think he still used Anthony Ferkser's camp to take a shot at AJ out the door. It was tremendous. <laughs> it was glorious. I, I I love Paul for exactly that reason, which is why so many people hate him. Um, yeah, you know, it, it is it it shouldn't still surprise me, um, and maybe just because you know you 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 do it long enough now where you start to see just more of it or you're exposed to more of it 
um, whether that, you know, be on the live stream or the, the phone lines or God forsaken, God forsaken Twitter mentions, um, that just people have fundamentally no understanding of how, how this business is done. Um, and you know, there are elements that even the smartest people in the media industry don't know how these things get done. I'm still trying to figure out why the hell it took everybody until 2021 to figure out the voidable years thing that the saints have been doing for like the better part of a decade and a half. Yeah. Right. I mean, like the, the last year it all broke, all hell broke loose in voidable years. And you're thinking, well, this has been going on with the saints and everybody's been making fun of the saints. So now I guess we make fun of everybody. Right. So it's a, it's a, it's like, you know, I mean, not to, not to do a pop culture crossover on a football and other efforts podcast. Oh, like, I didn't even know you watch TV. Um, no, but I have Disney plus and I started watching some of the Marvel movies and I just finished Dr. Strange. And it's like one of these fucking, you know, ancient to tomes of all these different things that actually contain the salary cap loopholes and manipulations of it that none of us have ever actually seen with our own eyes. And it's probably why people are just now figuring out what Vin Marino looks like, because of course he is the keeper of the crypt when it comes to the Titan salary cap situation. It's, it is, um, it, I, I try not to get like angry when I see stuff like that. Cause it's not people's job to follow this every day. And I gotta, I gotta remind myself that from time to time. Um, but there are, there are ones that are just outright dumbasses, and you have to, you have to, in the same way that I keep my thumb on Lucas, I got to keep my thumb on those people too. <laughs> Before we get to our Titans uh, uh, restraining order of the week on Twitter, I've got to tell you that we're brought to you by 440 Sports. They have other programs besides us, Club and Country, here to discuss NSC. Uh, you got the gold standard, which is still talking about the fallout from the Preds getting swept for the first time in playoff history. That's always a blast. And then the fringe element. But Zach also has a relatively new show on there with Braden. Tell us a little bit about it on YouTube. Uh, it's 1 p.m. every Monday and Thursday live, normally from the Cast Collective Studio, unless I get uh, COVID or put on IR again uh, for that long stretch of time. And uh, we, it's called a football show, and it's exactly what it is. It's a show about football, everything about Titans football and SEC football with a little bit of a focus on volunteers. Um, we do some stuff that is outside the realm of football. We did a Black Keys album review, which I thought was a very disappointing album for those who may care probably none of you and um basically it's Way just to sell it buddy yeah we <laughs> well listen i'm not there to shield for the black keys they can do that for themselves the actual content of the show where we talk about the Saban fisher stuff where we talk about the stadium stuff it's actually information that you can use it's a real talk unfiltered authentic sports talk and it's basically an hour long and we, it's also going to be on podcasts on youtube 440 sports go put your notifications on people to the people put your notifications on i feel like I, you just read me the jason mcintyre straight fire <laughs> podcast on straight fs1 fire. promo don't remember know what that is unfiltered <laughs> sports opinions like you won't hear anywhere else I think I just reminds me of those phone calls and radio commercials used to hear about a uh, decade ago stone cold luck of the week that game has already been played well so listen i'm i've been actively uh, i've been actively forming a coup this is the only place that lucas is my actual ally i've replaced all of the zone the new zone or i guess it's not new anymore but like the the re more recent big voice oh. guy on the zone I've been uh, I've been strategically replacing him with Rhett Bryan and Lisa Manning and many other Good voices of people who do not who do not make me furious every time I hear them throw up on a microphone. Um, it within the three hours of the zone programming that I have some kind of control over. You're doing the Lord's work with that. That's true. 
Now, if you can oh, just God. replace that PA announcer, because that's what V Love says every time you tweet something. I it was funny. Um, it was it was funny to watch. I, I went to the Titans Foundation Foundation dinner. I guess that was a week ago, uh, Wednesday. And he, Matt Matt Rogers is his name. I don't know him personally, other than you know his, my mentions are filled with hate of him on a regular basis. Uh, and it was funny to watch you know him up there with Mike Keith at the same time. And that, uh, Mike Mike is just consummate polished broadcast professional and you got right. your boy up there screaming and make some noise from mike keith voice of the <laughs> titans like here's adrian peterson and some other running backs coming out of the tunnel go Titans, whatever <laughs> some other running backs that was a thing that happened i heard that that was a thing <laughs> oh, that actually God. happened in the stadium all right titans Twitter <laughs> restraining order of the week um, I'm not going to name the name, even though you all have pointed out multiple times. You could just search who it is. I, I think this it. one deserves it because he's annoying. His name is 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 at <laughs> is Herb Herbson six one five, and he is come out of the woodworks out of nowhere. It's like a relatively new account that's been in everybody's replies and everybody's mentions, telling them that they're idiots. And then he puts out this dumb fucking tweet. Starts starts off by tagging uh, Coach Rabel. Sir, of I course. request you focus heavily on lower body workouts this season for your starting left tackle and running back in camp. Tags Malik Willis, Derrick Henry, Taylor Wan with pictures of just their legs. <laughs> there is work to be done. Stay vigilant. Let's go through this again, people. You are a grown man. <laughs> You are taking pictures of other people's legs. Uh, well, he's not taking pictures. He's you. zooming in and some on someone else's pictures and then screenshotting them. <laughs> and and the, you the know, let's let's not act like there's not precedent for foot picks at Titans practice. I still recall <laughs> a very very close up of Derrick Henry's feet walking to the podium after <laughs> after yes. he made his uh, spectacular return. I God, I love. Paul. I just I love to death. If if we're going to do. Bless his heart. What drives me nuts about pressers in general, and I understand how they are, but you're basically having to dumb down people's speech all the way down to this minute detail to where we're having to have a quarterback explain a mentor-mentee relationship. That's right. So you and let me explain this down to the dumbest way possible to make you feel as bad as possible for tweeting this. You are taking or you're taking screenshots of grown men's legs who are probably younger than you and retweeting them. That is pathologically weird. Okay. Like that's very weird. Stop doing it. You Look know what? at that on your phone and think this is really strange and, to have stored. And even if it's a joke tweet, like this guy may come back and say, Oh, you know, this is a joke tweet. If it's a joke tweet, don't tag everybody and their mama <laughs> in it. Like what, what is, what is this? I, I just don't get it. The the tagging of players, it, it's just it's just so odd to me. Very gross. You know, I uh, I I avoid it. I think for the most part, um, I typically, unless it's something nasty about Lawan and I want to take a crack at him because I can't make it through a practice without your left tackle fat shaming me. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I I I think that just on principle, you know, somebody's going to send it to them anyway, or they're right. going to get. You know, they're going to get tagged in it anyway. Like, it's just such a lost cause for kind of trying to help protect their sanity and yours at the same time. 
that it doesn't kind of, it's I'm numb to it, I guess I've, I've, I, they've worn me down at this point, as far as the tagging is concerned, but you know, I honestly, I, I think I, I think I disapprove of this segment because I want more of those tweets. Like those are the kind of tweets that give me life. Well, those listen, are the kind they don't of stop. I don't know if you've, you've, you've gone in this mute, your, your tweets and all this stuff uh, trend right. lately, which I started joining in on, on certain things I get tagged in. So they, they, they won't stop because it's Twitter and it's a cesspool and it's Titans Twitter. And it is probably a nuclear wasteland of dystopian, just depression era bullshit. Do you know, do you know <laughs> that I, I started doing this? Um, it had to have been some time in the, it was after I spent so much time during the, the Tuesday night COVID Buffalo Bills game fighting with that guy, Kenny, who told his mom on me um, <laughs> and sent me all those DMs. I have since then, that's been, I guess, two years ago, I started tweeting and then just muting my own tweet. Like, I don't I don't see the responses anymore. I don't I mean, every once in a while, I'll forget or like, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think I was drunk tweeting at the uh, at the uh, at the steeplechase races the other day and I'll forget and then I'll wake up and see my mentions or something like that and be like, oh, my God, what the hell have I done? Um, but yeah, I just, I tweet now and I mute my own conversation, which is just, I feel, I feel 10 times better. I highly recommend it for, you know, AJ Brown. Listen, uh, real quick. Cause I know we got to get to the F1 stuff. Uh, how do you feel about this tweet from Taylor Lewan to you today? Using the word daddy in the tweet, <clears throat> Buck rising is using daddy for clicks again. How does that make you feel? Um, well, I wish he was more useful for clicks because he wasn't, he was like the fifth most click worthy thing today. So daddy didn't do a good enough job, uh, ooh, ooh, providing me the pot, the, 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 <laughs> the clicks, the way that I needed them. Instead, I had to, you know, roll around in mentor gate for the final time, probably like a, you know, like a dog and a dead animal the way that they do. Um, yeah, you know, do better Taylor say, say more click worthy things and I'll continue to profit off of your uh, name, image, and likeness the way that you should have done it, Michigan. <laughs> okay. How much money for you to ask Taylor Lewan the question phrasing as daddy? How much money? At yeah. a press conference, you have to ask him, not Taylor Lewan, you have to say daddy and then question. I hmm. think I would rather you, I'd rather pay money to watch you do that to Mike Vrabel. You know, Mike... <laughs> I don't want to watch him get killed or call him, call him coach daddy. <laughs> I think, you know, I, there was a, there was a period of time. I, I think I've told this story before where like, I was deeply uncomfortable with calling Mike, Mike, like when his first couple of years, because he's kind of like closer to one of my buddies, dad's age. And I was young enough to where I was like, Oh, this is a, this is an authority figure. I should not be addressing him by his first name. I should talk to him the way that I talked to my friend's parents, Mr. Vrabel. Uh, what did you think about Tyrod Taylor's body cat or uh, Taewon Taylor's body catching today? You know, those kind of things. Um, I would probably do it more for Vrabel because at least with Vrabel, I would get the viral response of getting punched in the head. And while that would be deeply unpleasant, um, it would directly benefit my career. Uh, so there is no, uh, there is, there is uh, only pain in, in, uh, in beauty and growth and social media. So I would take the hit and do that with Vrabel before I would do it with Lawan and just waste you know, what would be a funny moment. All right, we, we have eight minutes left. It's Formula One and other ref words. And we're going to put Buck on the spot with a little trivia here at the oh. end. But this is where two, but now three idiots try to talk about F1 like we've been following the sport for two decades. Yep. And in reality, most of us don't know what the hell we're talking about. So welcome in. Uh, Monaco Grand Prix race this week. And let me echo what Buck said um, earlier on his radio show uh, about 
V-Love has done a great job about putting on this fellowship, uh, you know, F1 fellowship at Nobles. Nobles has embraced us and let us come in to this place at 8 a.m., order drinks like heathens and watch, you know, racing. So really appreciate them doing that. But um, it is Monaco week. This is both one of the greatest visual spectacle in all racing and the absolute worst race of the year. It's whoever wins qualifying basically wins this race, all technical, no passing, but every single person who doesn't know F1 can name this one race and nothing else. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is. Spain race was really good, by the way. The Spain race was good. Uh, there was a lot of drama uh, early on, certainly with, uh, with uh, the wreck that Mercedes had early in the process. And you saw, um, uh, oh my God. So you talk about know it acting like I know Verstappen. For decades. not Verstappen. Who's Mercedes Lewis uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, who wins everything. They're basically, basically what my understanding is. They're basically like the Patriots of a formula one Mercedes as a team, but, uh, to see Lewis Hamilton, try and climb his way back up to learn that a car can just, uh, like Leclerc, the, the car can just shut down. If the track is too hot as it was, as it was 120 degrees in Barcelona during that race. Um, that I found fascinating. Yeah, Monaco is going to be a lot of fun, and I continue to root against Max Verstappen because it's really the only thing that I know how to do is find something in sports that I hate and pinpoint it and hammer it over and over and over again. Um, but he can it jokes on me because he continues to win everything, and yeah. uh, if if he, if he does well in the qualifying, yeah, at Monaco, like you said, the track is the track is so damn slim as far as trying to maneuver. It's nearly impossible, and most people just know it from like Iron Man Two. Yeah. I was about to say that's the yeah, Iron Man two. That's all I remember. I'm on a Marvel Monica. kick, I told you. There you go. On a Look Marvel at you. Kick. Look at you. We'll we'll now have more to talk about, and we we could become even better friends. All right, I've got three <laughs> trivia questions for F one for both of you. So I'm going to ask them. You'll have to give me your answers. Question number one: Which driver got out of his disabled car and instead of returning to his paddock, simply walked to his yacht and started drinking? Danny Ricardo, Kimi Raikkonen, Lewis Hamilton, or Max Verstappen. Zach, you go first. Uh, Ricardo. Buck. I'll, t- I'll take Ricardo too. It was Kimi Raikkonen in 2006. <laughs> Buck, you have to see this footage. This Shut man's car catches up. on fire. He just gets out. And instead of going back to the paddock, he literally got on the back of his yacht and someone handed him a drink, race helmet and all. God, no this kidding. Is king this- sport. This is this would be like Ryan Tannehill throwing a pick six, just walking into a luxury suite, throwing his cleats up on the railing and having a beer. I mean, so it's Jay just Cutler. absolutely ridiculous. It'd be it'd be real life Jay Cutler. Yes. <laughs> Question number two: Which F one constructor car builder has won the most in Monaco? Is it Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, or Red Bull? Zach, McLaren, Buck, Ferrari. It is McLaren with 15 wins, although they have not won since 2008. Red Bull has won five, all of them since 2010. Mercedes has won eight, five of them in the last eight races. And Ferrari has only won 10 times, and they've only won twice since 2000. Um, long story short, don't bet on Ferrari on this race. As soon as I say that, someone's going to make thousands off my bullshit. But right. um, question number three, how much does an F1 car cost? Is it $6 million? 13 million, 1 million, or 4 million. Zach, go ahead. I feel like I should know this. I feel like this is recently talked about, but I'm going to say 4 million. Buck. 
Uh, I'll go four million and one, so six. Four million and <laughs> one. It the average car is between twelve and fourteen million dollars. <gasps> the steering wheels alone cost yeah. upwards of a hundred and fifty grand. What in God's name? That's you know that's that's why I'm trying to figure out what. Why does why do all these luxury brands spend all of this money on this? Surely that they are not seeing a return on investment. But turns out, yeah, fourteen million dollar car you can get a you can get a million and a half in trackside sponsorship from Rolex and make your nut back. So you opened up another can of worms that we don't have time to get into today. But I really kind of want to do an episode around this. Is there are several YouTubers who have done videos about the really shady advertising that's been in F1. And it's basically like really shitty companies will funnel a ton of money through non-existent companies to advertise. One of them was Marlboro. They created a company called Men Winnow, put this blurred looking barcode on the side of an F1 car. It was Ferrari in like 2006. And as the car, it just looked like red and white stripes with some black tied in. But when the car was doing 180 miles an hour, it looks exactly like the Marlboro logo. And that's how they got around advertising or not being able to advertise cigarettes in F1. F1 caught them doing it, find the shit out of them, and they had to change the sponsor who is still in the league to this day. So it's fucking weird. It's a it's a corrupt sport. It's ex- filled with a ton of money. It's extremely expensive. I don't know how anyone turns a profit. And I cannot fucking wait to watch it again this Sunday. <laughs> it's the best. I I, uh, I I don't know. I don't know what's going on half the time, but I love it. I'm uh, <laughs> I've started listening to Kevin Clark's F1 podcast. I uh, I you know I'll watch the occasional qualifier if I've got the time for it. And if my girlfriend won't strangle me because yet more sports are making their way into my life, I told her that I was at, she was out of town at a bachelor par- bachelorette party this weekend, and uh, I told her that I was at Nobles at 8 a.m. drinking again for Formula One, and she goes, that's still going on? I said, yes, dear. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, now I'm we're going to be looking for an EPL team, uh, an F-Words EPL team, and uh, we're, I think it's going to revolve around us going to various pubs to try to watch uh, soccer. we got to pick well, a soccer team. Well, you know, Lebowski's a season ticket holder for Nashville SC and still hasn't been to a game, so I'm not, I'm not. A, You're a not season hold- ticket? I don't even think I knew that you were a season ticket holder. I can't discuss this right now, but yes, I've not <laughs> yeah. been to a game. I'm not, holding, <laughs> I'm not holding my breath for your great EPL excursions. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do it just because you doubt us, damn it. All right, we're at 48 minutes. I promise I'd get you out of here so that you could go do other things. Buck, thank you for coming on. This is your time. Pimp your shit. Uh, you know, uh, the zone from 10 to one, we got the six, one, five sessions podcast on Fridays. We got the Greg Cosell, uh, install every Wednesday. we got the A to Z sports primetime show Sunday to Thursday night. And when I'm not spending all of my energy there, I can be found on Twitter at buck rising where he will promptly mute you as soon as he tweets something out. Buck, thank you for coming on. Well, I'm sorry that we haven't had you on in a long time. After we I'm have not. your producer on for three times straight, we'll be sure to invite you back. So thank you, as always, for being a good sport, Buck. You know what? It's a lot easier to be him than it is me. Heavy as the head that wears the crown, boys. So thank <laughs> oh, <you>. wow. <laughs> it's football and other F4s. We really appreciate you tuning in. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, your neighbors, and their pets that you listen to us and uh, ask them to share it as well. Please give us a review, whether it's negative or positive, especially if it's negative, because I really want to make fun of your shit on the podcast. And as always, you've just been effed.
a Broadway sports media production.